Hi, and welcome to episode number 78 of the weekly Google Cloud Platform podcast. I am Francesca Campoy, and I'm here with my colleague, Mark Mandel. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? I am resplendent today. You're resplendent? Yes. Very good. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. You're okay? You're just fine. <laughs> I'm just okay. I'm okay. just fine. Just yeah. fine. Okay. Uh, no, I'm actually very happy because we have finally the two co-founders of Firebase, James Stamplin and Andrew Lee, are visiting us to tell us everything about Firebase and specifically everything that was announced during Google I.O., that small conference that took place last week. So I actually don't think they're going to tell us everything just because there was so much. I, I don't know, think yeah. they could fit it in, in the time that we have. <laughs> actually, there was a lot of things going on. So yeah, we they, they're going to tell us their favorite things. Yes. So yeah, it's a very interesting interview. And uh, then at the end of the episode, we'll have a question of the week about how to give someone a Google Cloud Platform project. If I have one and I want, if I had a project and I wanted to give it to you, how does that even work? Uh, but before that, we're going to have cool things of the week. And there's actually, if you want cool things of the week, I'd say go check uh, Google I.O.'s uh, keynotes. Yep. Because there was a lot of content in there. So yeah, one of the things that I think we should highlight is the Google Cloud TPUs. So a TPU is like a CPU or a GPU, but if CPU is uh, for computing and G is for graphics, T is for TensorFlow. And uh, they were designed long time ago, actually, but uh, we finally have them available on Google Cloud. And they're pretty amazing because they're able to provide uh, 180 terabytes, not not terabytes, sorry, teraflops. That's more. That is that And is also a, a different lot. number. But <laughs> that's a completely different thing. But uh, in uh, a flop, um, it is not something that fails. It is a floating operation. So uh, flops is floating, floating operations per second, and 180 terabytes is a lot of them. And uh, on top of that, they're connected to memory that is accessible through a very, very large bandwidth. You can communicate uh, with the memory at 12.5 gigabytes per second, Woof. which is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're going to be able to do some really cool processing. I think that for machine learning, this is going to be huge. Uh, if you're running any TensorFlow or probably any other processing that makes sense to run as TensorFlow machine learning image processing probably also helps. I don't know. Yeah, it's but pretty, it's like I'm amazing. just reading the blog post here and they're talking about how what used to take a full day to train on 32 of the best commercially available GPUs would take a full day to process some data. Now it trains the same accuracy in an afternoon just using one eighth of a TPU pod. That is crazy. Yeah, it is kind of an amazing thing. So uh, we'll have a link to the announcement on the show notes. There's also a research paper that was published. And also there's pictures of them and they're beautiful. They actually kind of look like actual cities with buildings. It's pretty cool. I really like them. And I have not had the chance to play with them yet, but I'm actually learning TensorFlow now. So hopefully I will be able nice. to compare how much faster they are compared to my Mac. Probably a lot faster. Probably a lot, yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Cool. And so for a second cool thing of the week, uh, if you listened into any of the stuff at I.O. and you're into the Internet of Things, there is now a whole new product, the Google Cloud IoT Core, uh, for managing and securely connecting to Internet of Thing devices at scale. Uh, what this means is, it's quite nice, is that there's really nice, fast setup and management for when you want to be sending data from your IoT devices back to, say, analytics platforms or 
processing platforms, specifically even things like Dataflow or PubSub or even Cloud Functions, that we have this product that now out of the box is able to do that. What's super cool about it too is its auto-managed infrastructure. So much like App Engine will scale by itself, uh, this is a fully managed pay-as-you-go GCP service, so you don't have to worry about how it scales out to handle the load. Uh, it's, it's meant to handle, connect up to millions of globally dispersed devices. So I think that's pretty, pretty awesome if you're into the IoT space. That actually sounds pretty amazing, uh, very useful. So I guess that since the episode today, we're going to be covering so much, it's time to go talk to our friends from Firebase. Yeah, let's go do that. So I'm very, very happy to welcome today uh, the two co-founders of uh, Firebase, uh, James Templin and Andrew Lee. Hello, how are you doing? Good, thank you for having us. Thank you for coming. It's really a pleasure. We were actually waiting to have you for quite a while, but finally you accepted because there was a good reason, Google I.O. I think it happened last week or something. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I've heard about it, I don't know. Unfortunately, Mark and I were not able to be there, but hopefully you're going to be able to catch us up on all the cool things that you were that you were announcing there. Before doing that, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at uh, Google? Cool. So I'm James. I am the product manager for uh, Firebase and specifically Firebase's backend services. So we provide a bunch of tools that lets you build applications without needing to worry about servers or manage infrastructure. A lot of that is tying in with Google Cloud Platform. Uh, so we provide uh, a lot of great tools. Sure. I'm Andrew. I'm James's counterpart on the engineering side, and I manage the team up here in San Francisco and partly in Mountain View that works on the backend services, including, like James said, many of the cloud integrations. Why don't we get a bigger picture of what Firebase is? If people haven't played with Firebase, there used to be sort of like two or three things. Now there's like 10, 20, 30, 50, 100. I'm not sure anymore. What are all the things that Firebase has that people can take advantage of, you know, in like one minute or yeah, less? From a, from, from a very, very high point of yeah. view, what is Firebase? What does it do? So the tagline is tools and infrastructure to build better apps and grow successful businesses. So we started out as this backend as a service that I mentioned, uh, build apps, don't worry about servers, don't worry about infrastructure. Uh, and those tools provided uh, functionality or, or infrastructure that let you add functionality to your application. And so we, you know, we had the real-time database, that was our first product, and we had Firebase Authentication, Firebase Hosting. As time grew on, we both expanded that set of features, and we also added two more categories. So the first is our app quality products. So we have uh, Firebase Crash Reporting, we have Firebase Test Lab, and we just added a new product that we'll, we'll talk about, Firebase Performance Monitoring. And then the third category is uh, tools to help you grow your user base. Uh, and we have uh, a whole, I think, about uh, seven products in, in that area. Cool. Kind of the same question, but from the engineering point of view, uh, is this running on Google Cloud? How does this work? Uh, what is the relationship between Firebase and Google Cloud Platform? So it turns out that Firebase and Google Cloud Platform are actually the exact same platform. Um, under the hood, they share the same concept of accounts, of projects, of billing. So if you go today and you create a Firebase project, it is under the hood a cloud project. And you can go over to the cloud console and you can see the same projects, you can manage the same users, you can set up the same billing information, uh, which is really a very a very powerful idea because Firebase has a nice set of products to kind of get, get going on mobile and web development. But cloud has uh, a much more advanced and larger uh, set of tools for the more advanced applications. And so this gives you a nice path. You can start on Firebase, you can get going with your application. And when you need the more advanced, more powerful features, they're all available from the same platform without you needing to you know, set up a new account or a new project or, or change your billing profile or anything like that. It's all right there uh, with Google. 
Cool. And we should probably make mention that we have had previous episodes talking about Firebase, at we least had two or three. Vikram, we had Sarah Robinson, we had We have Abe uh, come in. We had Abe. We had also uh the the one that does uh skateboarding. David East. David East. There David we East. go. Uh, so yeah, we've had lots of <laughs> lots of episodes on the skateboarding on the, is his main job here. Actually, skateboarding. I just yeah. thought he was like hurting himself a lot sort by falling over. Professional skateboarder. That's that's his job. Secondary. Sometimes he talks about Firebase, uh, Firebase or something. Also that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. But yeah, we'll have a bunch of links to all of those episodes in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about it, just check them out. Yep. Awesome. So we just finished Google I.O. Um, I'm sure it's a big relief to all of you. Why don't we talk about some of the new things that came out of Google I.O.? We probably can't go through them all, so let's pick some favorites. Uh, James, you want to go first? Do you want to pick a, a favorite feature that's come out during I.O. that you want to talk about? Super quickly, I think the one other thing that your audience should know is that uh, Andrew mentioned where the, the, they are the same platform underneath the hood. Uh, Firebase is targeted at kind of client-side uh, application developers, so you're writing, you know, iOS, you know, Android, or, or you know, for the web. Uh, mm. While Google Cloud largely focuses on sort of the back end, the infrastructure developers, so they really complement each other nicely. In terms of my favorite or some of my favorite launches, uh, I think one of the big ones is phone number authentication. Uh, so we have a product called Firebase Authentication, which lets you uh, easily log in your users. Uh, so we provide a couple lines of, of code, and you can let them log in with Facebook, let them log in with Google, Twitter, GitHub, etc. cetera, uh, username and password, or you know even connect with your own existing user account system. Yeah, that is one of my favorite features, by the way. <laughs> you know, it is so nice. Yeah, no no having, messing with yeah. OAuth. It's yeah. fantastic. Yes. So... We had a lot of requests, especially from our users in emerging markets, uh, where potentially they don't have an email address, or even in developed markets where you know there's there's just far less friction with logging in with a phone number. Uh, and so uh, last week we announced that this is now possible. Uh, so a, a user, or you can just prompt a user to log in. They enter their phone number. Uh, we send them a text message. And uh, if you're on Android, we even do some pretty cool special source where we'll uh, automatically uh, read the text message uh, and log you in for a very, very frictionless sign-up uh, nice. experience. So yeah, it's, it's again, you know, you want your users to be able to get into your application, start using the functionality as quickly as possible. Uh, and this is, this is one of the ways we're, we're making, that, making that happen for you. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so, okay, so let's pick the second favorite. Why don't you go now, Andrea? You know, I have to go with the hosting and cloud functions integration. Uh, this is something I actually spoke about. If you go look on YouTube, I gave a talk last Wednesday talking about Firebase and Google Cloud. And our Firebase hosting plus cloud functions integration really opens an entirely new set of possibilities for using Firebase hosting now for dynamic content. For years, we've done a great job serving static assets, but there's a bunch of limitations uh, around having static assets only. And you can now build really any sort of web app uh, very easily without having to worry about the servers or scaling um, using our Cloud Functions integration. So now I'm curious too, because obviously you've had integration with the Firebase real-time database. How, what functionality does that give you above and beyond like building a single-page web app using the Firebase real-time database using Cloud Functions on the web with the hosting? What's the difference there? So it turns out that there's uh, a number of very common things you might want to do that aren't actually very possible using a single page app. So a good example of this, which I demoed last Wednesday, is social sharing. When you, say, tweet out a link to your app, it's actually going to, Twitter's actually going to go and they're going to scrape that page and they're going to pull off some images so that they can show a nice 
picture for the user in that tweet. And if you have a single-page app where the JavaScript is doing the rendering, Twitter might not be able to pick that up. And this is actually a very common pattern around the, the internet, where if you want someone else to be looking at your page and parsing the HTML, it's much harder if it's JavaScript. And so you could actually do that rendering now server-side. You do a pre-render and show that. Uh, another reason is actually for performance. For Firebase hosting, we provide a CDN that caches your results all over the world. And if you have a page that's uh, maybe something that you want to render very quickly on a mobile phone or something that you want to be like very high performance, high scale, but for which you want dynamic content, you can use the cloud functions to do your rendering. And then you can use Firebase hosting to cache those results at the edge and provide very quick response without needing the end user's device to download the page, connect to the database, download the data, and then render things locally. Cool. So what does that look like from the developer experience? You have the static hosting, so you just like HTML and some JavaScript in there, and then you deploy those uh, functions, and then you call them. What does this look like? Yeah, there's really two halves to it. So part of it is setting up the cloud function itself, which is pretty simple. You can use the Firebase SDK for cloud functions and the Firebase command line tool to write your code. It's just Node, so you can use the whole Node package ecosystem, including things like Express. And we've actually built the SDK to plug nicely into Express. We use the same uh, types of objects and things, so you can get going very quickly. So in the case of hosting plus functions, you'd probably write some code to render a page with Express. And then you'd go over to your hosting configuration, and you'd connect certain paths, certain URLs over to functions. And you'd say, with a, with a rewrite rule, you'd say, this path should actually be served by this function. And then you say Firebase deploy. We'll put the functions up there. We'll send the configuration to hosting, and and we'll tie the together for you behind the scenes. Nice. Um, I actually saw your talk at Google IO. We'll have a link to it. It is really good. I really love that the fact that you know, like for normally when you see people like co-founders, they don't tend to write that much code. So getting on stage at Google IO and writing so much code, like. Congratulations. That was really good. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, I had to, to kind of dust off my, my programming mm. skills the weekend before, including uh, this was the first kind of me meaningful thing I'd done with TypeScript. Oh, cool. Um, and so that yeah. was uh, kind of an exciting, fun thing for me to, to learn a new language. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. That was very good. We'll have a link to, the, to that video from the show notes, so definitely check it out. Let's go for one more lunch. What is your other favorite? Sure. So I think my other favorite was we started to open source our SDKs which developers have been asking us to do for years. Uh, and it was a very exciting moment for me and I, I think m most of the team. This is, this is really important because I think it's a key part of the Google Cloud Platform strategy is openness, yep. uh, leading the way with you know, things like Kubernetes mm -hmm. and, and TensorFlow uh, and, and you know, uh, projects throughout the rest of Google. Uh, so we were excited to join in the fun. So the, the big news here is our iOS, our JavaScript, and our admin, which are kind of our server-side SDKs, are now open source. The, the, specifically, the products within them, those back-end services products uh, that we were talking about earlier, uh, are open. And uh, it's all on GitHub. So our, our primary tool chain is now GitHub. So you can go and uh, go to github.com slash Firebase, uh, check out those, those SDKs, submit pull requests against them, and, and generally look at uh, kind of you know, what we're doing and, and contribute to it. And we, you know, we'd love for you to, to go ahead and do that. I think you know, in, the, in the past just couple of days since we opened them up, we've got uh, one of our community contributing patches to, to help them build uh, against OSX. Nice. So yeah, uh, great, great to see the community getting involved, and 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 we're we're thrilled to work with with everyone. So now I'm curious because we're going to ask this question before he does. Um, <laughs> does that I mean, know what you're going to ask? Yeah, you do. So does that mean then that if other people want to write implementations in other languages, they can kind of use the open source as a reference and go from there? 
they won't be considered official, you know, officially supported, supported you know, Firebase SDKs. But yeah, if you want to fork. So you cool. could have Go. Yeah, uh, there's actually a pretty decent Go library for Firebase that I've used a couple times. Uh, I think it's called FireGo and works pretty well. Uh, I don't think it covers all of the features that Firebase offers, though. Any plans on uh, supporting Go as a as a <laughs> as a as the main uh, language that it is? <laughs> yeah, so I think one of the things to keep in mind is on on the admin side, on the server side, like James mentioned, um, we have ambitions to support really anything that the developer might want. We really want to meet the developer where they are, uh, but that's a lot of work, as you might imagine, and so we focus our efforts around the, the platforms that tend to be more commonly used. So you'll notice that our Node SDK right now is the most full-featured, it covers the most products. Um, we also have an SDK for Java, and obviously we would love to do more things in, in Go and other languages, but uh, today, Node's the most supported, Java's kind of second, and other things are coming, but we're, we're really going to be investing a lot more, I think, here over the next year. Have you considered a Perl SDK? <laughs> Haskell. Kerbal goes first. Kerbal SDK. <laughs> mm. Excellent. All good, right. Good suggestion. Uh, well, we'll take that to the team. <laughs> so we'll go. We'll go one more. Uh, what's What's your, your your final favorite there? I feel like we didn't talk about performance monitoring yet, did we? Nope. I've got to mention that. So this is the the one new product. Everything I've talked else we've talked about here is is features on existing products or new new integrations. But this is actually a brand new product from Firebase that lets you from your SDK do timings of network requests and and on anything else really you want in your application to get a sense for how your app is actually performing in the wild. And this is really important because you as a developer on your, you know, the latest and greatest phone on your Wi-Fi network in your office may not get a good sense for what it actually is like to be a consumer on your app. And this is the tooling you really need to, to be able to do that. Um, so this uh, just launched last week. It's brand new. Uh, we've gotten some really great reviews. There's already been a number of large customers that, that launched on it since the event. They heard about it and they put it right in there right away. Uh, and so I'm really excited to see how this how this grows over time. Yeah, and it'll give you. Uh, it give you stack traces. Uh, it'll give you uh, percentiles on on your your latency and uh, nice. network requests. And yeah, it's a uh, it's a really cool tool. I think the team has done a lot of iteration over the past couple of months, and I, I think the UI is is really intuitive. So uh, it's it doesn't cost anything. Completely free. Uh, comes uh, turned on when you when you use the Firebase SDK. So uh, if you haven't yet, throw that into your your app and and start going. It's it's pretty cool. No, nice. that sounds super cool. Um, I'm guessing, yeah, as, as varying infrastructure happens around the world and like people's bandwidth is very, very different depending on, then you can really see like performance metrics based on where, where things are and that kind of stuff. Exactly, yeah. Cool. So I'm, I'm going to break the rules here and shout out a f just a couple of things I want to talk about. Go on then. <laughs> Go for it. Is we're, we're really trying to do a much better job of supporting uh, some of the other other languages that maybe we hadn't done quite as good a job of supporting in the past. So one of those is we're doubling down on our Swift support, and we made a bunch of improvements to just the kind of uh, usability and, and feel of using the Firebase SDKs in Swift, mm -hmm. which is obviously really critical for iOS, which is, which is very important for Firebase as a whole. Uh, and then we similarly we've done a, a bunch of work on Unity and C plus plus and this actually didn't launch at I/O but it launched relatively recently before so I think it's worth mentioning. Yay! Um, but we're making a, a big push into into games and trying to address those markets too. Yeah, it looks like you you've I mean you expanded more at I/O into games as well. You opened up game support in Test Lab as well, didn't you? Yep. And that's that's super super cool. So uh, something that is also pretty cool, we use it all the time for all of our projects, specifically for Google Cloud Platform Podcast, is uh, Google Analytics, and you know it helps understand what people are doing with your uh, with your web web apps, 
And uh, it seems that there's a new thing, which is Google Analytics for Firebase, which is specifically for, for the applications that you can build with Firebase. Could you tell a little bit, a little bit more about that? Certainly. So a year ago at I.O. 2016, we announced a brand new analytics product from Google called Firebase Analytics. In reality, the, the analytics team like helped us with this. Mm-hmm. They did, you know, 98% of the work. Mm-hmm. And and it's not actually, you know, a brand new analytics product. It's a mobile focused, native mobile focused analytics product from the Google Analytics team. And it appears if you go to, you know, analytics.google.com and it, it you know, it also has a view in the Firebase console. And so we had a lot of people over the course of the last year being like, which one do I use? Hmm. Google Analytics or Firebase Analytics? And we were like, no, 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 no. Like it's all the same. Um, and so we're reflecting that now by by rebranding it as Google Analytics for Firebase. Cool. So, what what is the difference? Uh, like you said, that it's specifically centered into mobile applications. Exactly. How so, so Google Analytics, uh, you know, the the original version was was built in a, a web focused world where you had kind of sessions and page views. Yeah. Uh, and so, Google Analytics for Firebase is since Firebase is Google's mobile platform, uh, has iOS and and Android SDKs. Uh, number one. Uh, number two is we've moved out of that web page focused world. Uh, into into a mobile focused world, a lot more uh, event data is being generated. Uh, so what we do is is we provide it free and unlimited, unlike Google Analytics, where if you hit a certain number of events, you have to you have to start paying. And we we do that by creating uh, what's called a a rolling thirty day base view. So we basically keep every uh, single event for thirty days, and then we uh, start aggregating. Uh, and so, so that way we're we're able to pri- provide this product for free uh, to you know whatever scale we have some of the biggest apps in the world using using the product. And I think one of the exciting things uh, that we also you know besides just the rebrand, uh, we announced a couple of really cool things. Uh, one is support for Android Instant apps, uh, which is the ability to use an application without actually having to install it from the Play Store. Uh, so that's really cool if you want introspection to those apps. And the other thing that I think you know Google Cloud Platform customers and, and developers are really going to care about uh, is we uh, we partnered with the BigQuery team to announce a 10 gigabyte uh, free storage tier for BigQuery. So now you uh, you have to enter a credit card, uh, but once you have that that credit card in there, you can export from Google Analytics for Firebase directly into BigQuery to do uh, you know much richer querying. And as I said, after 30 days, we you know uh, we start doing some sampling on that data. But, and if you want to keep it in its full fidelity, uh, you can export it out to BigQuery and, and do all you know, the querying that your heart desires. Cool. So that means that actually now you get the uh, 10 gigabytes of storage for free plus uh, one terabyte per month of queries. So that's a lot of processing. That's that's very cool. Yeah, that gives people really like a great opportunity to play with the analytics and see if they need to use BigQuery. And if, you know, just try it out to see if it works or not without having to take some charge up front, which is super nice. I'm excited about it because BigQuery is really one of the hidden gems of GCP. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if everyone kind of understands how powerful a tool this really is, but it's really, really pretty amazing. It is for me. It is the best tool on Google Cloud Platform if you want to wow someone. It's like you just demo little little things. It's like oh yeah, just like processing a couple terabytes of data in a second, and they're like what? <laughs> so that's very easy. So I have a, actually a, an anecdote for everyone. So we. Prior to joining Google, uh, used another data warehouse solution to uh, store and process all of our stats, pipelines, and analytics. And when we joined Google, we we were required to move over to to GCP infrastructure, which we did gladly. And we moved from from this solution over to BigQuery, uh, and it decreased our uh, query times from about sixty seconds to five. Uh, so I you know I'd be sitting there, you know, click a button, wait sixty seconds, see the graph come up, and 
you know, it, it it really it made me a lot personally happier, and 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 it was fantastic for uh, for the rest of the team as well. Yeah, I guess that especially if the queries that you're running, you're actually debugging, and you're not sure if they're gonna give the good results. Uh, having to wait for one minute to make sure that this works or not—that sounds like a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so there are speaking of analytics, there are a couple of other things in here I thought looked really interesting, particularly the stream view and the debug view, uh, to help people like be able to kind of see what's going on inside their analytics. Can you talk about those? Sure. So those actually launched uh, a little bit ago. They didn't come out at I.O., but I think they're exciting. We're talking about. So these are a couple of additional tabs under the Google Analytics for Firebase section of the console uh, that, one, gives you a better idea of uh, how people around the world are interacting with your app. So it has this kind of cool live map showing what people are doing. Uh, and then the debug view is really intended to help you during the installation phase to get a sense for if your app if your if your app is actually correctly hooked up to analytics. So generally with analytics there's a bit of a delay between when the analytics are logged and when they're reported. And this is for battery efficiency reasons. We don't actually want to stream everything down right away. We want to kind of batch and process. Um, but you don't necessarily want to do that while you're setting up the app. You want want to be able to have a real fast debug cycle. So you use debug view to get a sense for is my app configured correctly? Am I logging the right events? Um, and then when you go live, you'll, you're much more battery efficient. Cool. We're kind of running out of time, but I, there's a question that I want to ask, which is, OK, so there was a lot of cool things announced at Google I.O. What's next? Uh, I think it, uh, there's, there's a couple of themes at a high level. Uh, the first theme is, uh, and, and I think this is, this is no secret, and Google is working on this across the board, uh, is weaving machine learning into our products. Uh, so you know, especially on the growth side of Firebase, being able to intelligently uh, recommend to developers actions they can take to increase their user base in you know, the most intelligent number of steps. Um, so I, th I think that's one big one. I think the other the other big one to note uh, that your you know listeners will be interested in is deeper integration, continued integration with Google Cloud Platform. As Andrew mentioned earlier, they are the same under the hood. You know we share you know billing accounts and projects and. Mm -hmm. Uh, all of those pieces, and you know, right now we have cloud functions and cloud storage, which are shared between the two platforms. Uh, and and you should expect uh, more exciting uh, feature sharing coming in the future. And you know, we've we've got a couple things in the pipeline that I am, uh, you know, I cannot wait to show the world, and are going to be really really cool. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything we missed, or something you want to plug or mention, or anything really going on that you think is particularly exciting? You want to make sure the listeners hear about. I want to remind everyone about Cloud Functions because it's super cool. And I know we kind of touched on it with hosting and functions. Yeah, This is actually a new thing for us. Uh, we launched the Cloud Functions for Firebase in, in March along with the uh, public uh, launch of Cloud Functions in general. And it is, it is really slick. So if you haven't given it a shot, it lets you hook up little snippets of code to events uh, throughout the Google ecosystem. So if you have a write to your database, if you have a PubSub event, if you have a conversion event in analytics, all of these can trigger code. Uh, and it's run in a managed way by Google. It's automatically scaled by Google. Uh, and it makes it really easy for you to get up and running uh, without having to worry about operations and scaling and, and all of those things. So this actually ties nicely into to what's next. And I spoke about this uh, last Thursday, actually, uh, in one of the fireside chats. But uh, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, coming from Google in Cloud Functions with more integrations and uh, better tools and things, because uh, we're really excited about the space. Awesome. And if you want to learn more about Cloud Functions, we also had an episode on mm -hmm. Cloud Functions, <laughs> episode number 73 with Brett McGowan. Yeah. So, James, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today, talking to us about Firebase and hot off the heels of I.O. And so thanks for taking the time and hanging out with us. 
Thank, Thank you for having, having us. us. A massive amount of thanks to James and Andrew for joining us in the sound booth here at San Francisco to chat all about uh, Firebase and I.O. with us. They are doing some pretty awesome stuff to grow that platform. I'm pretty impressed with it. Yeah, especially very excited about the little that they could share about the future, but it does sound really cool. I want to know. I want to know what's happening behind the curtain. I know. Uh, maybe uh, we we could know. Actually, we could ask them. Uh, we just could. not don't tell anyone. No, we can't tell anyone. <laughs> awesome. So why don't we get into this week's question of the week? Cool. So yeah, the question of the week today is a pretty simple one, but you know it's kind of important. I actually went through this uh, not that long ago. Uh, so imagine that you have a project, right? It's running and it's running in production, and there's people using it. And and at some point you decide that you don't want to handle it anymore so what you want to do is just give it to someone how do you do that like a present here you go yeah but it's it's more like a pet <laughs> you want to take care <laughs> of it like you're like oh now it's yours forever forever <laughs> cool so um well we've talked previously about having iam so identity uh, access management uh but this is actually like at a high level this isn't really even a, at a lower level this is at a project level yeah um, so there's a variety of roles you can do within identity access management, or IAM, and one of them is an owner. Actually, uh, it was not that long ago when we were talking about the first things we ever do with with the projects. Yep. You mentioned that one of the things that you do is create a like add one more owner. Yep. Just in case you get locked out for some reason, you have another way of accessing it. Yeah. So really, here all you need to do is add that extra person that you're giving the project to. Make sure they're an owner. That's the first step. Then yep. they can go in and make the changes they need to make or... Wait for them to accept the invitation. Yes, that's very important. <laughs> very important. Um, and the other thing you'll need to do, uh, assuming that the payment method is going to change, is that have them go into the billing section uh, and make it switch over to the payment section that they're happy with. Yeah, and then they should remove you as an owner and that's it. Yeah, I mean, they could remove you entirely. Maybe they drop you to an editor or a viewer yeah. level. It really depends on exactly how things are going to go forward. But yeah, it's pretty simple. You just need to be careful on making sure that everything goes on the good steps. Otherwise, you could lock yourself out. And, you know, that's not a, not that, a good thing to have. That would be bad. Exactly. All right, Francesc, uh, what are you up to? What are you doing? Are you going anywhere special in the near future? Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm actually going to be next week in Buenos Aires. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to Argentina. It's going to be my first time in Argentina. It's very, very cool. I've only been to Chile before, so... My second time in South America. I'm going to be speaking at uh, Google Cloud Onboard, uh, which is a really cool event on training. So you're going to be able to learn all the basics uh, of Google Cloud Platform. Nice. And for the first time ever, it's going to be live streamed to all Latin America. Check out the links to see how to access that live stream. You, there's a bunch of viewing parties all around uh, Latin America. Mm -hmm. And it, it will be in Spanish. Oh, cool. Yep. Now, I'm very excited about that because it's going to be in Spanish, but, you know, the same way we have a bunch of accents here. Uh, it's going to be in Spanish, but I'm going to have my Spanish accent, well, Catalan accent sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to have also Cuban accent and Mexican accents, and so it's going to be lots of fun. Sounds <laughs> like it's going to be great. Yep. Uh, what about you? Well, I'm going to go on vacation for a bit. Good for you. <laughs> Which, Good I think is for nice. you. But it's okay, dear listeners. I will not be leaving the podcast. I will be live and well here. Uh, but yes, I'll be going on vacation for a couple of weeks. My, I don't want to say you deserve it, but you cannot do. So yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Enjoy, enjoy your holidays. Wonderful. All right, Francesc, thank you yet again for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Mark. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you all next week. 